If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pull back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you'll discover top resources for selling strategies, powerful tips, and best practices to open your mind and performance to the next level. You can double your sales too. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hi, everybody. Today on the Double Your Sales Now show, friendship, connection, racism, and how to find your seat at the table right now with Janice Graham. And I just want to say, Janice Graham, my twin, welcome back to the Double Your Sales Now show. It is definitely my pleasure. Thank you, Ursula. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. And before I talk about what's going to happen on the show, I want to quickly introduce Janice so you know who she is, in addition to being one of my favorite people. Janice is a speaker, author, owner of Leaving in Style, a business consulting firm, and chief insurance strategist at Entrepreneurs Insurance Services. She's driven to help business owners and entrepreneurs plan for and protect the future of their families, businesses, and employees. Janice is president-elect of the Inland Empire chapter of the National Association of Women Business Owners, NABO. She has served as president of the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors, NAFA, in the Inland Empire chapter and president of Business Resource Connection and serves on several other boards and councils. Janice currently holds a life and health license in several states, the designation of life and annuity certified professional, LACP. She truly enjoys counseling new and expanding entrepreneurs at the Inland Empire Women's Business Center and speaking at industry associations, meetings and conferences. Here we are, Janice. Yes, we are. And here I am smiling as always. Yes, you are. <laughs> and um, wow, we've known each other for, we think, 16 years, right? 16 years. And I we've, over those 16 years, have had a lot of conversations about sensitive topics and also just about life in general. And we've hung out at Glen Ivy in Corona, California. We hung out a lot there during the Great Recession. And I think our friendship really deepened then. And now, you know, we're more than that. We're, I think of you as family. I think of you as my twin. And Absolutely. I'm glad that you're here. For all of our listeners all over the world, as you know, this has been a time of um, great dis unrest and stress and so many things happen happening. As we record this, it has been a little over a week since George Floyd's passing in the United States, and the world is in a time of protest, unrest, deep sadness, and at the same time, hope. 
We're also still in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic and really grappling with how we move forward with this. Today, our intention, my intention with Janice, and we've, we talked a lot about, talked a lot about today, how to have this conversation, this conversation that we've been having for 16 years, how to have this conversation on the podcast in a way that would connect with our listeners and would not alienate, but instead would bring people together. And we also help, we also hope that, you know, by seeing the conversation we have and the mutual respect and the trust that we have, that you'll find your seat at the table to talk about inequality and racism and these, these terms, these, these experiences that most of us cannot understand, but we are part of in the collective experience. And I know a lot of you have been asking, like, what do I do? I've asked that same question of myself. And, you know, our, our show, the Double Your Sales Now show has been about sales, business and marketing. And it's also been about community. We call the community, the Sales Coach Now community. And we have community members who are all over the world. And I honor you, thank you. We have listeners in almost every country. And it really is about coming together and supporting each other. So this week after everything that's been going on and the unrest and everything that happened with George Floyd, I had a a client reach out to me and she texted me directly. And she said, Ursula, I'm a former sales camp participant and I'm reaching out to share a word with you today. You once shared with me in one of the darkest times to have a ch- take a chance on myself as I was coming out of a dark, dark time in my life and fighting to build my business and fighting to thrive. And now I say to you, you have a gift that sparks people's hearts and minds to think differently. I believe your gifts and voice as a leader and as a gifted woman who seek to help people be their best is needed right now. And there is a seat at the table for you and ears that need to hear about what you have to say. May God bless you and give you the strength to move forward. To my client, I say thank you. I so beautiful. Right, Janice? And we know beautiful. this wonderful woman. And, I do. and she spoke to me, you know, to my heart. But I, I wrote back to her. And Janice, as you know, I said, I, I need to be still for a moment. Yeah. Because there was so much noise. There was so much happening. I know what my heart was saying. But I thought to myself, what do I do? How do I, how do I, how do I support? How do I serve the African-American community and, and those who have been affected in ways that I will never understand? So, of course, I reached out to you <laughs> because my dear <laughs> friend, my twin, this is what we do. We've been having this conversation. And I said, you know, can we have this conversation on the show? So I just want to say thank you for so graciously agreeing to be here. I know this is not an easy conversation to have with so many listening in and watching us. So first, I just want to say thank you. You know, it is my pleasure and I am super excited and because it's it's like a, a topic that I have been waiting for America to be ready to have a conversation. So I'm honored to be here. And I want to talk about like the ground rules that you and I talked about for this to really be supportive of our community and our listeners. So what this is not, this conversation that Janice and I are going to have is not to try to fix everything, to try to solve everything. We are not scholars in the area of, you know, I'm not a scholar in African-American history or race. And I, I, 
right? <laughs> and I am a student. I am, I am humbled. I am learning. I've been reading a lot. I read a lot. You know, we both read a lot. We've been digging in. Janice, you have been someone who has taught me a lot about um, African-American history and things that I wasn't even aware of. And I thank you for that. So this, this conversation in the words of Stephen Covey, we borrowed Stephen Covey's habit number five. Thank you, Janice, for making sure I knew exactly well, what It's happened. so funny because we both thought the same exact one. We thought we came up with the same exact rationale there. So go ahead, share it. You share it. You share it. <laughs> it's, you know, we, we, in this conversation, we're, we both said, you know, the purpose and the vision, if, if people could understand it, we're here to, to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And if, if, if anything comes out of that, just seek first to understand then be understood. I think yes. that's, that's a win. And for us to be curious yes. and to know that it's okay to not know. In fact, most of us don't know. We don't fully understand. We're, we're all learning a lot at hyperspeed right now. In fact, Janice, the top 10 books on Amazon right now, I think we were talking about that. They're on yes. what? It's, it's they're all on race and racism and understanding. And I think it's Awesome. There's only one book. It looks like it might be uh, something to do with the Hunger Games. I don't know. But well, out of nine out of 10 books are people in America, the world, or whoever has Amazon.com trying to gain and gather information, which I think is awesome. They're educating yeah. themselves. And part of it, what we wanted to share as well, and for me, I don't speak for the entire white community. I don't. I'm, I'm a student. I'm, like I said, I'm learning and I'm seeking. Yes. And I don't speak for the entire black community because it is a, a diaspora, which is means it comes to there's that I was telling the earth the term African diaspora, which means that there are people of color from that originated from the continent of Africa. They're everywhere. Caribbean, Jamaican, Canadian, Afrocentric, Brazilian people. So I speak for Janice Graham. <laughs> yes. And how amazing you are. And a quick disclaimer, the show might be uncomfortable. Talking about race is uncomfortable. It challenges so many things that we might not want to see in ourselves or things that have been there or things that we're seeking to understand. So if it makes you uncomfortable, it's okay. I mean, it's one of the things we talk about in the Sales Coach Now community is that growth especially Rebecca Hall, I got to give her credit for this. She says, growth doesn't happen in a vacuum. Growth doesn't happen when you're comfortable. Growth yeah. happens when you get uncomfortable. Right. And I live by Eleanor Roosevelt's quote. She said, you must do that thing you think you cannot do. Well, I, my first reaction was, who am I to have anything to say? What I heard was, start the conversation. You don't have to have all the answers. Stop thinking you have to have it figured out. Start having the conversation and grab your seat at the table. And that's for every single one of us. And for every one of us, our conversation is going to be different. Absolutely. And, and as Ursula would say, who are you not to have that conversation? You know, we think about these conversations as being big conversations with activists and scholars and people that aren't just everyday folks. So yay for us for having this conversation. Yes, thank you. Who are who are we not to have that conversation? Absolutely. So, so we're gonna dive. Let's dive in. All, All right, right, let's go. Have our conversation, and uh, you know, Janice, we talked about. We already talked about the 
Stephen Covey's quote and just seek first to understand and then to be understood. But I want to take a moment to kind of unpack that a little bit on, you know, what are the ways that we can seek to understand? How can we be curious right now? You just talked about the top 10 books on Amazon. Obviously, a lot of people are seeking right now. Yes. What would you say about that? I think it is absolutely fabulous. You know, one of the ways that I look at this conversation, this topic, and the way that I've explained it is kind of like the cicada bug. So those of us in California don't know anything about a cicada bug. Uh, but basically, a cicada bug is a bug that they're very familiar with in the South that comes out every 17 years. So this is a conversation that I feel like has been a cicada bug. And it has just been waiting to come out and just take over and do whatever it does. Hopefully it doesn't replant and go back underground. But what's happening right now is that people are curious. They're, they're trying to get a feel for who they are and where they are. And I think that's just awesome. I, I think the curiosity, unfortunately, comes from a series of events that, they, that the, the world has, has witnessed in a short succession of time. Because these events have been going on for years. And in, in my community, we've seen them. Uh, before the uh, God's greatest gift to us, which is called the cell phone camera, uh, no one could witness it and see it. And it's, it wasn't happening. And we were being overreactive and yada, yada, yada. It goes on. What has happened and what's made most people, I think, curious right now is that there have been this fast succession of events. It was the uh, Ahmad Aubrey who we had never heard of and had, uh, you know, he would have just been just another black guy killed for doing something. Um, but to see him shot on camera, I think was a little jarring. Um, and then there was the issue of Breonna Taylor. Uh, had that been caught on camera, I think this would have been an uprising or, or uh, interest sooner. Uh, it wasn't on camera, but it was, it was horrible. Then seeing Amy Cooper in the park, uh, using she knows is a societal issue to almost, I mean, potentially have a man killed over putting a dog on a leash. Uh, was, it was so egregious and outrageous that, you know, people were standing up. And by the time that the, the, the media has your attention on what Amy did, here comes George Floyd. And it just, I think it just took our society over the top. And I don't even want to say over the top, it just opened up eyes. And people are like, oh my goodness, this is just, it's no longer an isolated incident as, as a lot of people see things. Oh, it's isolated. Oh, it's that one bad cop. Oh, it's this. They saw a succession of things that triggered America into an awakening that is, it's very unfortunate, but it's awesome because we can grow once everyone is awakened to what is really going on. So I, I think that's what the critical tipping point was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, um, it's like watching it unfold and then seeing it, like you said, because people do have cell phones now, they're taking video, seeing it up close and personal. I know there's not a human on the, you know, or, Maybe there is like 99.9% .9 of humans on the planet, right? And anyone who saw what happened to George Floyd uh, was, was moved, right? And forever moved. I mean, like forever you can't moved. forever moved. And you can't, like, it's, 
it's kind of like the movie the matrix like if you haven't stepped into that if you haven't if you haven't watched the matrix it's basically all of a sudden you see something that you can't unsee and right. you have a different knowing about and you're paying attention in a different way and i think and that's one of the reasons that i wanted to have this conversation on the show because i don't i know we collective like collectively we see an opening and we don't want this to just be one conversation. We want people to take their seat at the table and to keep going and to see where this conversation takes them and to reach out. And Janice, what would you, what do you, would you say to someone who isn't sure what to do right now? Like what, what can someone do? Because I think a lot of people feel uncomfortable, unsure. They don't want to do the wrong thing. Um, they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to say the wrong thing for sure, right? And and I think and I think people have come out and said things that have been like people are very vocal right now and have come after them and said, "Don't say that. Don't say like you can't say that. You can't do that." And so I think people like now are like, "What do I do? What do you think?" Yeah. There, there's 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 very there's very simple things that you can do. Um, if you don't know what to do, just smile. Just look at someone and smile at them. I mean, it's just have just the just the grace of a connection a human connection you know they have a smile might say i'm i feel you i see you um it I, I don't know what to say but all i can do is smile um beyond that you can do what ursula does is say i don't know you know we become critical and make assumptions that people should know certain things and they, they don't know. We know a lot because our society is built on us knowing more about um, the white race than the white race knowing about the black race. And um, so it's like, if you don't know or you have a question, purpose it with, you know, I really don't know. I really want to learn. I have a question. You might think it's a dumb question and it might be a dumb question. Do you mind if I ask it? And, you know, you just, it's one of those things where you have relationships in, in your world where you have to also pay attention to the people that you're talking to. Some black people or people in general aren't open to having that conversation. Some are. Um, I, I can't think of a friend that I have that would not be willing to answer uh, or help if someone says, I am trying to understand, as opposed to making stereotypical assumptions uh, I think it's if you just, it's whatever you have to say or whatever question you have, pay attention to who you're going to ask it to. Um, and also just purpose it with, I'm just trying to understand. Just trying, I am trying to understand. Um, and if it doesn't work with that person, it's like a car dealership. Go to the next one, you know, go to someone else. But, but learn to read the people. Both Ursula and I are, are people people and we're good energy people. Um, you, you have a sense of, of who you can talk to, uh, and, and you'd probably be surprised uh, of who you can talk to. I have a girlfriend, her, her daughter's a teacher, and she's like, it is the elephant in the room. These people don't know what to say to me. And she knows that she could feel it. It's like, just say, just smile. It's like, you know what? I just want to learn. If you don't want to learn, then, then don't. That's a whole different conversation. But I think that the easiest thing you can do is just two things, smile and say, I'm, I'm trying to learn. Yeah. Just that simple. It's that simple. Yeah. And, and, and listen and, you know, listen and, listen. and be aware of, of, you know, Genius and I have had the conversation before the conversation, before the conversation. We've had many conversations, <laughs> even leading yeah. up to this conversation. Right. And I, 
um, you know, I think, I think about, you know, the 16 years that we've been friends and, you know, I've said to Janice that I've been aware, I've noticed, and, you know, maybe sometimes I did the right thing. Maybe sometimes I didn't do the right thing or didn't know what to do because I, I've seen the subtle, um, like, you know, racism can be very subtle and it's not always obvious. And as her, as your friend, that's one of the things that I want to be more aware of and to be able to, um, you know, shift that and, you know, say something or shift something. Um, and the subtlety piece, that's the piece that I think we as humans have to be aware of. And it starts with ourselves. Like, I mean, it can only like for myself, um, like being aware of my own biases and prejudices. And, you know, I think that's one piece for white people in general that, that we don't want to acknowledge that that could be in us. And that creates a lot of frustration, and a lot of stress. And the conversations I've had, I mean, people get really upset about that, that piece. And I get it because, you know, for a lot of us, we feel like, well, I've, I grew up poor, I worked really yeah. hard, or I came from this background. So I haven't, I don't have any privilege, like, I'm not privileged. And yet at the same time, to look at like, the test of privilege is I've, I've never been pulled over for the color of my skin. I've, I've, I've not had those things. I'm not, you know, Janice, we, when we had the conversation about, um, you know, your nephew, um, and my son, like I've never had the conversation with my son or to worry about his safety out in the world. That's not something that I've even had to consider. And so those are the things and Absolutely. I get it. Like that can make you feel a little sick to your stomach, feel a little bit off, but it's not, it's not to get stuck on it. It's to just, just be aware. Right. You know, it, it's when you have a, I guess we can call them labels. Uh, it, people shut down. Um, having privilege is not about, I think when people think of it, they think of it as being wealthy or I don't have a jet and I don't have a Rolls Royce and life hasn't been easy for me. I don't have a job. That's not what it's about. It is about what you're afforded and uh, the things you don't have to go through. Through. I can tell you, Ursula, this is the honest to God truth. And I have friends that are cops. I have friends that are doctors. I, I have my friends are mostly professionals. I don't know a, a black man that has not been stopped because he fit the description of. I don't know a black man that has not been stopped and put on the curb. Um, my husband, who's from the South, said when he came here to California, he, wrote, he had to ride the bus the first year to work. He was taken off the bus in a suit and put on the curb because he fit the description of. Who is out in a suit? You know, it's, so it's those subtleties that, um, that folks with privilege don't have to experience. Uh, we've had conversations about different types of privileges. I have privileges. I have, we have the tall people privilege. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of benefits in, in life. And, but the thing is, it's acknowledging that some of them become um, uh, symbols of something that you don't see or don't understand. Uh, just like the, uh, the term race, racist. You know, I taught my girls when they went to college, I said, do not call anyone racist because it's in it that they don't they don't know what it means they can't acknowledge it uh people have to come to their own realizations and you know i spent the weekend uh, on face i don't go to facebook a lot but i spent the weekend writing with a woman who ex was explaining what a great patriot she was and what her son her daughters in law enforcement her 
son-in-laws and the military and they're all good people and they love the flag and it was so interesting because i i could only assume she thought that i didn't have that kind of world and um that i was condemning her because she says you know she's a great she's a christian and she's never racist bone in her body and my reply to her was great you know i'm a blue star mom my son-in-law is a disabled vet i have friends in law enforcement and i try my world is just like your world i'm i'm a patriot you know i'm i'm patriotic I, and i never called you racist but she somewhere made that that leap that that's what i was doing and i said i never called you racist i would never call you racist because you don't understand what it means and you don't know what it is so you know it's these stigmas and it's these these words that make people dig in their heels and if they could just lift their heels out of the dirt and just listen it's that is I, I keep saying it's that simple because for me it's that simple we've been having this conversation for 16 years you know this is one of my favorite subjects <laughs> yes. you know because our our conversations were pre-obama right mm -hmm. you know and it was different then and people thought it was going to be different after him and here and here we are having a conversation now Ooh, in a so big how um uh, of conversations how can we like how can we encourage people to have different conversations with more space and more grace like because because these are tough conversations and you know you and i've probably had some more like some different kind of conversations when we first started these like 16 years ago i don't remember exactly but maybe they were more like maybe I was more defensive. Maybe uh, they were more heated. I can't really remember at all. Like, oh, you like, know, I have a good bit. memory. You, were, yeah. you, were, you have never been defensive. But what you did not see is that there was racism in America. Because, you know, I remember um, you were saying, you know, Janice, I was raised, my teachers taught me to treat everybody fairly. So you came up from a place in, 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 um, where you were taught that everyone is created equal and treat them fairly. So you didn't see it. And you also come from a place where there weren't a lot of minorities. So you right. didn't see that interaction. So you, you've never been defensive with me. Um, but I remember trying to explain to you, it's like you, racism is here because it hasn't been discussed. You cannot, nothing goes away without being cleared up. And as like, oh, you know, it's going to come. And then we saw a time when people were like, oh, no, no, look how good we are. Obama's here. It's, it's gone. And so it's, again, that cicada bug, it was under the ground and it was just growing and boiling and, and then the rebellion came. So, yay, yeah, but no, you've never been defensive. Well, I, and yet I'm still, and I, I feel like I have a lot to learn and I'm learning and I'm still learning. And, you know, we never address this, but a lot of people, um, might wonder why we call each other twin. I mean, we're kind of like, I mean, we, we are family. I mean, yes, we, we definitely <laughs> resemble each other. Um, although we clearly have different skin tones, right? And that's um, quite obvious what makes us different. And yet there's so many things that make us alike. So what do you want to share about that? I, I for, you know, it's so funny because to us, it's funny. You know, we, we, we write each other, even we say, hi, twin. Hey, twin that's just who who we are and we are two professional women and when ursula was in california we would network together and we'd be speaking and it was like this is my twin and it, it was hilarious to me it's like a social experience in, in in watching people's faces as like are they crazy or there, there, there's got to be something wrong and then i mean there's some people who go 
oh, and then there's others that would go, well, I see the resemblance, you know, and, and after they see how we interact and engage, they go, you guys are like twins. You're a lot alike. And it, it could be, uh, I don't know. I don't know. People have their own opinions. I don't care. Uh, because you are my friend and you are my twin. And um, I, I think I sent this, you sent me the, the National Geographic and I put them together for our birthday. Um, that was like two or three years ago, right, Urs? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. So, so I was like, hello, there we are. Okay, that was pretty gray hair, but that's okay. Um, and, and let me tell you this, I, I, I didn't, I never shared this with Ursula. And this is a funny thing. And this is kind of how society is. They talk about the, um, the facial uh, recognition on Facebook. When I put this on Facebook, because both of our, our birthdays are also in April, we always celebrate our birthdays together. Um, when I put this on on um, Facebook, um, you know how it recognizes the name yeah. for your name? It, it recognized that little girl as me. Wow. Isn't that something? Yes. And I was like, wow. That's, that's how, you know, it was to me, it was like, a, is this, are we all perceived to look like, really? You know, it, it wanted to put her, that little girl is my name. Wow. Yeah. But that's us. Yay, twins. We look like twins. Come on, people. Do you remember, do you remember the story behind the story? Like the, um, the twins and how, like, how is that even possible? Because these two are actually, because the, t- the title, Black and White, These Twin Sisters Make Us Rethink Everything We Know About Race. Yes. They are actual twins, for real twins. Um, and they had biracial parents. So the mom was black and half black, half white. The dad was half black and half white. And based on the, the genetic DNA combination, you know, one of the twins came out looking white and one came out looking more biracial or black and um it's happened in a couple of cases it's so funny because i'm taking a biology class right now and I, I love this kind of stuff i love dna i love uh genealogy i love this kind of stuff so these girls um you know they had to go through life and there's another set too um they had explaining to people that they are actually twins they come from the same they get all of these you know the rude kind of questions are you know are you sure you know what did your mother do and uh is that really your your mom and it's it's so that was the national geographic looking at it from a scientific perspective and for us ours is a more of a connection a, a love perspective um but you know we we are twins I hope the picture shares. Like I haven't done this on during, I'm, I'm thinking it will share. In yeah, the- I saw it. So hopefully Good. Yeah. it'll record. So people know we're talking about, we're talking about twins on the cover of National Geographic magazine. They're young twins and yeah. um, we feel like those twins often. And so, so we talked about how to have this different conversation and even, even more importantly, like one of the things that I think you and I both want to do right now is just bring more love into the world. Just bring more love, more joy, more connection, you know, more, more friendship. Like, be, let's, like, as we move forward in this conversation, as we take our seat at the table, I think we need to ask ourselves who we're sitting at the table with. Right. Who are you bringing to the table with you? Who's sitting next to you at the table? And, and this, this, you know, this really, this call, you know, this call to action of, of what's, like, how do we continue this? And I'm seeing it happening. I'm seeing so many different things shifting in the world, which I'm sure, 
is probably in some ways almost unbelievable to you. Large corporations that are taking action, yeah. um, friends, awesome. families. Yeah. So what else would you say about how do we, how do we invite people to the table? How do we, how do we be, how can we be more inclusive with everyone? I think it's just, you know, everyone has that invitation. The, the, the thing is, are you going to open the envelope? And is your fear of opening the envelope to this invitation that you're going to lose something? You know, because really, what is it about? It's about fear. This is all about fear. It is, it, yes. and, you know, it's like I, I sat, because again, I, I think about these things, and I, I learned a lot. Actually, most of what I learned was um, through genealogy, studying uh, my family history. I started doing reading, because we don't learn this stuff in school. What we learn in school is what perpetuates the problem, and it gives you that subconscious uh, message of inferiority. But there's an invitation that's open to everyone and into the world. And if you open the envelope and you read that invitation, you will see that you lose nothing by having the conversation. You don't lose any ground. You lose absolutely nothing. In fact, you will be enriched and you will gain something. Now, are all people good people? No, it's just the world. You know, are all people the right people? No, that's, that's where common sense comes in. But just... I love that there's a certain part, and you don't have to be an apologist, right? Right. That I mean, that's the thing. You don't, you know, I, I, I was telling Ursula, it's like you don't have to feel um, because you've done nothing. And I know her, and I know her heart. It's like you have done nothing. You don't have to feel, to feel guilty is also almost to be about you. Right. All, you know, you just have to acknowledge that, that things have happened. And, and in our society, our, the, the majority don't want to apologize or acknowledge or they have to feel like they have to pay for the sins of their fathers. Okay, that's fine. But then why do I have to pay for the sins of my brother? So it's just being open to recognizing that having this conversation, you truly won't lose anything. You will gain, we will gain ground. If we, if we really want to be as great as we think we are as, uh, in a, as a nation, everyone benefits if we can work. To, the team, we're, we're only strong as, was it, well, when I played basketball in high school, they said we were, my coach says, we are as strong as uh, our weakest link. And right now, this is the weakest link of, in America. So if we can strengthen this, you know, it's like we're unstoppable. Just open the invitation and have a conversation. That's all. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, as we're starting to wrap up, is there anything else that we missed or anything else that you wanted to share? Well, you know, I, of course, we, oh, we do the disclaimer. We know you speak, do not speak for the entire white community. But, you know, in your experience, why is racism so hard to talk about? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And one that I had to, you know, really consider myself. And I, and I think that um, I can speak for myself in the sense that, you know, you talked about the fear, the fear of like, is, is racism inside of me too? Like, what does that even mean? And how subtle is it that I don't, I don't even know that it's there. And then if I don't, if I, if I'm not noticing it enough, like I, I have, you know, you and I have talked about, I've noticed, I've noticed subtle racism outside, like, 
like in your interactions with other people. And I'm aware of that, but our own biases, our own prejudice, like we have to dig in really deep and it's painful. Anytime you're going to work on yourself, let's face it. We're business owners. We're parents. Like that, that work is tough because it uncovers parts of us that we didn't know were there that we didn't understand. And I think that, you know, you were talking about the, the tipping point and kind of the timeline and what's happened. I really believe that the coronavirus that, you know, the, and the pandemic and having everyone be in quarantine allowed us all to slow down in a different way. I feel like time slowed down, thoughts slowed down, everything kind of stopped and created this space for self-assessment, self-awareness. And, um, and then, you know, all the, you know, other things that happened, um, the, the, the timeline of African-Americans who were killed or all of these pieces. And then George Floyd, which was like, like ripped the guts out, I think of us as Americans, like, and forced us to say, what, how is this even possible? Right? Like how we're in the year 2020, what, what? And it, and I think, so I think we were set up at a time to stop and really be introspective and say, where, what is my part? But not like you were saying, not in a way to feel like I'm going to take responsibility for all this because I'm not even sure, but what I can take responsibility for is what we've been saying since the beginning of our time together is what is my seat at the table and who am I bringing with me? Yes. And because, you know, when, when my client reached out to me and said, you know, what, what seat are you going to take? It was an invitation. And, I, and I'm inviting everyone who's listening to ask yourself that same question. And I, don't, and I think there's so many ways that you can take a seat at the table. I think that um, some people are better at Facebook posts. I, fe- I find Facebook to be very divisive at times. And I don't think it's easy to convey what you're trying to say in a short snippet because there's so much over on this side and so much over on this side. And that's why like I wanted to have this conversation. So, so that we could open up the dialogue and, and not try to have all the answers. So it doesn't have to be social media. Like we're talking about a seat at the table in your home, a seat at the table in the business community. If you're in the business community, a seat at the table at the PTA, like what, how do you take that seat at the table that is inclusive? And so at church, go to go to church. church. Yeah, we, you know, we talk about faith and Christians and religion or whatever your faith may, may be, but the reality is, is that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. Yes, go across, go visit the church across town if that's your your seat. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I think um, like you're right, Ursula. The, the whole timing and the timing. Everyone is sitting at home watching. Everyone's slowed down enough to pay attention. Yeah. You know, and, and I hope, um, you know, I hope it, well, you know, our conversations, it's like talking about race and racism. Um, it is tough. It's almost like getting good at riding a bike, uh, even in business, practicing your sales presentation. It is just, it's, it's knowing um, that there's something different out there and it looks different for different people. You're right. And it's a muscle that we all have to work on. And that again, like we're not here to make anybody wrong or right, or like it is your journey. This is my journey. This is Janice's journey. We just want to encourage you to open up on that journey and, and to recognize that 
you know, the, the more, the more we talk about anything. Like, I mean, I think about in my own life and, you know, growing up and, you know, just the things that happened in your childhood, the secrets that happened. We know that when you start to talk about things that you couldn't talk about, they start to open up and this is no different. Like this is our chance to open up a conversation. And don't come, if anything, don't come at it with anger because when you, if you open up your conversations, come, come truly come open. Uh, I think the reason why we've been able to have these conversations over the years is because I never say you people and you, you, you this is what happened. I'm not angry. I actually enjoy this conversation. I just want to smile the whole time. I enjoy this conversation immensely. I've enjoyed it for the past, ever since I started learning about it, probably 20 years. I've been doing genealogy for 30 years and I had to get my sea legs and go, wow, what we learned in history is not what happened in history. Um, once I had, knowledge is power, when you have knowledge and information, it will diffuse a lot of anger. So yay for the top 10 books being sold. Take anger out of the equation and you'd be surprised how much can get done. Yeah. And I, you know, as we're wrapping up, a couple other thoughts that come to mind, like one of the things that that really stood out to me, Janice, in, in your experience that you shared with me over the last week, you said, Ursula, did you see the photograph of the white women standing together in a line? And, you know, what did that what did that photo mean to you? Oh, my gosh. It just warmed my heart. It, it, it meant a lot of things to me. It's just it, it meant that. Um, they heard, they heard it, they saw what was going on and they took action. And I said, oh my goodness, we can't change. And I've told you this, we can't change white supremacy. It has to come from within the white community. We didn't start it, we can't finish it. We can protest, we can cry, we can march, but we cannot change something that's systemic that we did not create. And when I saw these women, I saw women that said, this is wrong. I am not going to stand for it. And I'm going to go out and take action. And I think that was in, was in Kentucky, I think it was. And I'm like, yes. And it's in the South. So I'm like, wow, these women are so powerful. And they're sending such a powerful message of this is not about these, these, these people. This is about something that is bigger than the black community that has to be changed. And, and, and they recognize that they were part of the change because of course the police did not attack these women. And I just, it just, it was like, okay, we're getting there. There's a foot in the door. If we could just keep going and keep working together, just like, oh my gosh, the cop, the, the sheriff that took off his, his stuff and said, I, I don't want to protest. I want to parade, I'm with you just watching the crowds diffuse their anger because all they want to do is be heard. And this sheriff said, I hear you. These cops across the country that are kneeling, that are, are, are putting up signs saying, end it. We can't stop. We as a public cannot stop police brutality. Only police can stop police brutality. That's the, the blue code are the only people that can stop that. We can, again, we can protest, we can scream, we can shout, but until the police unions say, we're gonna stop supporting these bad guys, until the police chiefs start cleaning out, saying, we have to clear out uh, the bad guys, and the good guys go, we're not backing up the bad guys anymore. 
So it's the same type of thing within a, a microcosm of, of the blue community. Only they can change it. And to see them come out and show support, you could see hundreds of people immediately diffuse. It just brought the level down, the anger level down, and the and the the willingness to walk across the aisle was just that much easier. So, so those who are digging in and being brutal, they're not going to change, so they have to go. But we can't make them go. And I think to that point, and I think that's where people, I get it, like can get really upset because there's so many great police officers yes. who are who are serving our communities, who do keep us safe, who do the right thing every day, day in and day out, and who are who are saying, I hear you. And Janice, I want to just, I just want to touch on that as we're wrapping up, the I hear you. Yes. How important, like when we look at the, this whole, like everything that's happening in the world right now, how important are those three words? Oh, they're huge. They're absolutely huge. And it goes both ways. You know, we as Black people have to say, I hear you. You know, I hear your heart. I hear your, I hear your intention. Um, I think it's huge. I mean, I think there's so many people, which is unfortunate in 2020, that, that bring joy in seeing us torn apart. I think those simple words of I hear you, open the doors to the next step. Baby steps, this is about pebbles. And that is probably one of the first pebbles of, hey, I, I hear you. If you don't hear me, I see you. <laughs> I see you. Um, I saw that. Or, and, and it doesn't, it's just, it's, it's a very subtle message, but it's a very peaceful, open, engaging message. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being you for coming back on the show. If um, definitely go back and listen to our our interview. Gosh, that was probably was that in 2019? Uh, I think so. Was either early 2019? Uh, I think it was yeah. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So we interviewed Janice, and that interview, that conversation was all about sales and growing our businesses and all of those pieces, which was an awesome interview, and the importance of life insurance and all of these things. By the way, I was Janice's most difficult customer of all time, but now I have lots of life insurance to um, <laughs> take care of myself, and that's a whole other conversation. You can go back and listen to that. Janice, for anyone who out there who might want to connect with you, might have questions, what's the best way to reach you? Absolutely. Uh, my, well, my website is leavinginstyle.com. Uh, that's my Facebook handle as well as my Instagram handle. And uh, you can reach me there. Janice at janicegram.com is my email. So don't spam me, please. Uh, but you're, you're welcome. And trust me, if you're listening to this and you have questions, I'm not all-knowing. I, I don't have all the world's answers. I have Janice's answers. But I, like I said, I'm not an angry person. And if, if you feel like you have a question that you think I can help you with, I am happy to. I've always said that. I, I say that to some of the folks that uh, I, I don't think hear me and they may not understand me, but that's okay. Um, I am, I'm, I'm here. So please reach out. You know, if you have angry, hateful things to say, keep them to yourself. Um, but if you have something that that's uh, that I can help you with, I'm, I'm welcome. I welcome you. Thank you. Thank you for being here again. Thank you for being my friend, my twin. Thank you for opening <laughs> up the space. So together we could seek first to understand and then to be yeah. understood. So that's thank right. You. Thank you. And to our listeners all over the world, I want to thank you for spending this time with us today. And I hope that this has um, been 
interesting to you and maybe even eye-opening in some ways and I invite you too to take your seat at this table and to see where that might take you. Thank you everyone. Keep going out there and make this your best month yet. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in next week. And until then, we'd appreciate your review on iTunes.